Many of us have seen a, a movie or a TV show where someone fled the country and they took on a, a new identity and, and they created a new life for themselves because they were in danger. And that, that happens in real life. Uh, it's difficult to change your identity in a technological age, but it does happen. Apparently, the government sanctions uh, changed identities for victims of abuse and uh, identity theft, but probably not for escaping the IRS in case you have any unpaid tax bills. But to do this successfully, uh, you need to change your name, you need to change your social security number, you need to move to another part of the world, uh, choose a different line of work, start over basically, maybe even change your appearance and the way that you talk. Well, hopefully you never have to go through that. Uh, but if you needed to, your old self would have to die. You would have to completely change. You'd have to take on a new life. If you just changed your name and then continued to live as you always did, well, you'd still be in danger. To do it right, everything has to change. Your habits, your, uh, your routines, everything. Everything has to change. There is a widespread problem in the church. People assume the name of Christian without living the lifestyle. It's like they change the name, their name, but then they continue to live their old lifestyle. Tonight's message is a reminder that Christ died on the cross in order to give us a new identity, a new start, a brand new manner of life. Jesus gave his life to change the way that you live yours. That's worth thinking about. Tonight's outline is three catechism questions and answers that I've created straight from 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. Here they are. Question number one, what did Jesus do for you? Answer, Jesus Christ alone bore our sins in his body on the cross. Question number two, what was his purpose for doing it? Answer, Jesus Christ died so that we would die to sin and live to righteousness. And question number three, why was it necessary for Jesus to do it? Answer, we were like lost sheep aimlessly wandering away from God, but Jesus came and led us to enjoy him as the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Question number one, what did Jesus do for us? Jesus Christ alone bore our sins in his body on the cross. Referring to Jesus, the apostle Peter wrote, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Jesus Christ did it himself. He is the chosen one, the perfect one, the only one. My son Peter, he is four years old. He's, he's over three foot four inches and he weighs in at about 38 pounds. Now imagine Peter carrying an 80-pound backpack for a three-mile ruck with the Army's A Company. It would be an unbearable burden for Peter. He wouldn't move. He wouldn't move. But if Private Joseph Gruber, with his burly stature, took that 80-pound pack off of Peter, put it on his own back, and even carried Peter for those three arduous miles. To bear something is to carry it. To take it upon oneself. The Apostle Peter was writing to believers or the elect exiles of the dispersion who were scattered across Asia Minor. He was telling them and us that Jesus Christ 
took all of their sins and bore them in his body. Jesus Christ is a man. He has a body. Think of it. The incalculable mass of our sins thrown into the body of Jesus on the cross. Isaiah 53 says, He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He did this on the tree. The book of Acts talks about Jesus being killed by hanging on a tree and being taken down from the tree and laid in a tomb. Tree simply is another way to say the cross. Consider all your deceit, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, pride, unbelief, greed, apathy, harshness, indifference. Consider all of its ugliness. Consider the judgment and hell you deserve. And now consider that Christ bore it all in his body. You no longer bear it. The unbeliever has to bear the unbelievable burden of their own sin and the condemnation of God every day with no relief in sight. But you, dear believer, dear child of God, dear chosen one, you have another who has carried it all for you. You carry not even an ounce of it. Question number one, what did Jesus do for us? Jesus Christ alone bore our sins in his body on the cross Hallelujah, our burden is gone. Catechism question number two. What was his purpose for doing it? Answer, Jesus Christ died so that we would die to sin and live to righteousness. Don't just rush past little words in Scripture. The word that in verse 24, it introduces a result of the first half of the verse. There was a purpose in Jesus bearing our sins in the body on the tree. His crucifixion resulted in something amazing. Verse 24, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Isn't that the best of news? Christ died for our sins so that we might die to our sins. Our old sinful self has died with Christ on the cross and Jesus has has so mercifully hidden us in himself far away from sin's final threat and power. Sin's Sin's dominion over us is finished. It is done. We are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, Romans 6, verse 11. We still sin at times, but no longer does sin define us or control us. We are dead to sin. And yet we are also still in the process of dying to sin. We still do sin, absolutely, but our new master is Christ alone. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 6, 2. He said, how can we who died to sin still live in it? How? 
The central point of these two verses is that Jesus Christ died, that we would die to sin. But even more, that we would live, that we would live to righteousness, to a moral and upright life, to to the life that God wants us to live. Righteousness in verse 24 is not referring to justification by faith, but rather a holy lifestyle of obedience to God that grows out of justification by faith. Jesus Christ died for you so that you would live for him. Jesus Christ died for more than your forgiveness. Do you know that? He died for more than for you to say, well, I'm forgiven. He died to free you from the tyranny and power of sin and to empower you to righteously live for him. I love how succinctly and clearly Dr. Thomas Schreiner put it. Let me read it for you twice. It's worth it. The purpose of Christ's death was not merely to provide forgiveness, but to empower his people to live for righteousness. The purpose of Christ's death was not merely to provide forgiveness, but to empower his people to live for righteousness. The cross does more than rescue you from hell and guarantee that you have an eternity of blissful pleasure. The cross also rescues you from a squandered life and frees you to live for Jesus Christ to the glory of God and to your own joy, your greatest joy. Unbelievers are not the ones having all the fun. I think sometimes there's this undercurrent for Christians. Maybe it's just a personal confession that I look and I say, man, they're not having the fun. They're not. Don't envy them, dear Christian. Do not envy them. They are sinning their way to their eternal destruction and they carry a heavy burden every step of the way. They might not be able to put their finger on it exactly. They might not be able to to categorize their discontent and their underlying guilt, but it's there. It's there and they carry it. The joyful and free life is found in complete surrender and devotion to righteousness. The happiest life is the holiest life. People who are enslaved to righteousness have indestructible joy. Jesus died to make you happy and eager to live to righteousness. Glad-hearted, I will obey. It's not drudgery. If it's drudgery, there's something wrong. This is happy and joyful. I think a lot of professing Christians can't see the connection between the cross and their personal holiness. Oh, that we would understand that Christ died to make us revel in righteousness. I love what Paul expressed in Romans 7, 4. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. We have died to sin, died to the law. We belong, both body and soul, to another, to Christ, who who died and was raised again. And this is in order that we might bear fruit for God. 
The cross accomplishes our salvation and our morality. Because of the death of Jesus Christ, your life can be overflowing with good works that glorify God and enrich and add so much joy to your life. The Son of God died so that you could enjoy living the righteous life. Peter added, by his wounds you have been healed. Healed. He was was drawing from Isaiah 53, verse 5, to describe how the suffering sacrifice of Jesus heals us spiritually. This is no health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. He's talking about spiritual healing, eternal healing. This is the death of Christ accomplishing our forgiveness. So on to my last catechism question. Question number three, why was it necessary for Jesus to do it? We were like lost sheep, aimlessly wandering away from God, but Jesus came and he led us to enjoy him as the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Listen to the beauty of verse 25. It begins with a sad reality, but then it resolves in a glorious and beautiful reality. Just listen. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The word for, another little word, introduces Peter's explanation of why Jesus did what he did in verse 24. He used a simple simile. Sheep stray. They wander off into the wilderness by themselves, getting lost, and there are hungry predators who are, are coming to eat them, And because they have wandered off, they are outside of the protection and the care and the love of their shepherd. They have wandered. And now they're susceptible to these angry wolves or whatever is coming to eat them. They strayed. Again, Peter alludes to Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Just like sheep, we we wandered from the good shepherd into our own peril. We got ourselves into a real problem here. We foolishly went our own way. Peter used sheep to illustrate the former spiritual lostness of the elect exiles of the dispersion. This is what they used to be. They used to be lost. This is what you and I used to be, dear believer. We used to be lost. We used to be far away from God. And Jesus came. And through the cross, pursued and found and rescued us. He bore our sins in his body on the tree because we were lost sheep that he wanted back. John 10 talks about sheep that the Father gave to the Son. God had lost sheep in the world that he gave to Jesus to redeem, and God sent Jesus to rescue every single one of them, which he has done and he is doing. Please understand that Jesus died because you and I strayed from God. Our badness... And our lostness caused a man to die. Is there blood on our hands? 
And yet here's the incredible part. The brutality of the cross is what God used to rescue and put you beneath the loving care and oversight of the shepherd and overseer of your soul. The word return means to come back or to change one's beliefs or ways, even to turn around. And in some places, it's connected to repentance and faith. Peter was encouraging believers that though at one time they were straying far from God, now they had returned safe and sound to Jesus Christ, their shepherd and overseer. As shepherd, Jesus knows, feeds, leads, cares, and protects all of his sheep. He's wonderful. I I mean, this is incredible that he does this for us. He is also our episkopos. Our overseer, Episcopos, appears five times in the New Testament, four of which are used of local church leaders, or you could say elders. Only one time does this Episcopos refer to Jesus Christ, and it's right here. And it means that Jesus has authority over you. He watches over our souls, nurtures our souls, cares for our souls, guards our souls. Unlike elders, it means Jesus is our sovereign. He has supreme power over us, and this connects to Sunday's message, so you really want to be here on Sunday. There's a connection here. Why did Jesus, what did Jesus rather do for us? Jesus Christ alone bore our sins in his body on the tree, What was his purpose for doing it? Jesus Christ died so that we would die to sin and live to righteousness. Why was it necessary for Jesus to do it? We were like lost sheep, aimlessly wandering away from God, but Jesus came and led us to enjoy him as a shepherd and overseer of our souls. As you celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, hopefully not just today, hopefully every day, May you grasp that he did it so that you might die to sin and live to righteousness. Let's pray. God, I plead with you to make us a holy and righteous people. We make excuses for our wicked sin. When here we have this glorious Christ who died for it. And so I pray that you would just very tenderly, very graciously, very mercifully move your spirit in our midst that we would take holiness seriously. That we would follow Jesus in every last little thing that he said. And that when we stumble and we trip and we fall and we sin Oh, God, may we look to the cross and know that his body and his blood has set us free, has carried our burden. He has carried our our burden on himself on the cross. And God, I, I pray that there would be a movement in the church of America, in Christians across the world, to return to holiness and righteous living, God, that we would not make excuses, that we would not... Just live the way the culture died does and, and then just rest. Well, I'm, I'm saved. He died for me. And it doesn't transform us. God, transform us. Conform us to the image of Christ. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, God, 
that they would walk in righteousness, understanding that a man died because of their badness, and a man died to make them walk in righteousness by the Holy Spirit. No, we can't earn our salvation. Of course not. The Bible is so painfully clear, not painfully clear, gloriously clear on that. We can't earn anything. It's all grace. However, there is a command to be holy as you are holy. There is a command to walk by the Spirit in righteousness, to put sin to death in our lives, and I pray that we do it by the power of Jesus because he, he rose from the dead. And so did we with him. Our old self died on that cross with him and our new self is raised to new life at his resurrection and we can walk in righteousness. Not perfection yet, but righteousness and obedience and we can be joyful while we do it. Oh, may it be so. In the name of Jesus, for the fame of Jesus, amen.